بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا غفر الله لنا ولشيخنا وللحاضرين والمستمعين يقول الامام المجدد الشيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى في رسالته اداب المشي الى الصلاه باب صلاه الجمعه وهي فرض عين على كل مسلم بالغ عاقل ذكر حر مستوطن ببناء يشمله اسم واحد ومن حضرها ممن لا تجب عليه اجزاته وان ادرك ركعه اتمها جمعه والا اتمها ظهرا ولا بد من ولا بد من تقدم خطبتين فيهما الحمد لله والشهادتان والوصية بما يحرك القلوب وتسمى خطبة ويخطب على منبر أو موضع عال ويسلم على المأمومين إذا خرج وإذا أقبل عليهم ثم يجلس إلى فراغ الأذان لحديث ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما رواه أبو داود ويجلس بين الخطبتين جلسة خفيفة لما في الصحيحين من حديث عمر رضي الله عنه ويخطب قائما لفعله صلى الله عليه وسلم ويقصد تلقاء وجهه ويقصر الخطبه والصلاه والصلاه الجمعه ركعتان يجهر فيهما بالقراءه يقرا في الاولى بالجمعه والثانيه بالمنافقين او بصبح والغاشية صح الحديث بالكل ويقرأ في فجر يومها بألف لاميم السجدة وصورة وصورة الإنسان وتكره المداومة على ذلك وإن وافق عيد يوم جمعة سقطت الجمعة عمن حضر العيد إلا الإمام فلا تسقط عنه والسنة بعد الجمعة ركعتان أو أربعة ولا سنة لها قبلها ولا سنة لها قبلها بل يستحب أن يتنفل بما شاء ويصن لها ويصن لها الغسل والسواق والطيب ويلبس أحسن ثيابه وإن 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 يكبر ماشيا ويجب ويجب السعي بالنداء الثاني بسكينة وخشوع ويدنو من الإمام ويكثر الدعاء في يومها رجاء إصابة الساعة ساعة الاستجابة وأرجاها آخر ساعة بعد العصر إذا تطهر وانتظر الصلاة صلاة المغرب لأنه في صلاة ويكثر الصلاة ويكثر الصلاة على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في يومها وليلتها ويكره أن أن يتخطى رقاب الناس إلا أن يرى فرجة لا يسل إليها إلا به ولا يقيم غيره ويجلس مكانه ولو عبده أو ولده ومن دخل والإمام يخطب لم يجلس حتى يصلي ركعتين ويخففهما ولا يتكلم ولا يعبث والإمام يخطب لقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم من مس الحصى فقد لغى صححه الترمذي ومن نعس انتقل من مجلسه لأمره صلى الله عليه وسلم بذلك صححه الترمذي
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين فبلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح للامه وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على اصحاب محمد اولئك القوم الذين هاجروا معه واليه وتلقوا عنه الدعوه والعلم وجاهدوا معه وبعده فاللهم ارضى عنهم واجعلنا جميعا من محبيهم المترضين عنهم يا ذا الجلال والاكرام درسنا اليوم فيما يتعلق بصلاه الجمعه يقول الشيخ الاسلام وهي فرض وهي فرض عين على كل مسلم بالغ عاقل ذكر حر مستوطن ببناء يشمله اسم واحد يعني هؤلاء اذا وجدوا بهذه الصفه فتجب عليهم صلاه الجمعه الا من كان عاجزا لمرض او خوف لا يستطيع ان يخرج من بيته للصلاه فان الله جل وعلا ما جعل علينا في الدين من حرج والله يقول لنا فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم ويقول نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم اذا امرتكم بامر فاتوا منه ما استطعتم يعني ما لا تستطيعون بحيث تعجزون عن القيام به فانتم معذورون فيه يقول يقول ومن حضرها الجمعه هؤلاء تجب عليهم وهو كل مسلم يعني ذكر بالغ يعني بالغ سن البلوغ الذي تكتب عليه الانسان فيه له الحسنات ويكتب عليه السيئات بالغ عاقل ذكر لا يجب تجب صلاه الجمعه على الانثى حر ليس بمملوك يعني ليس برقيق مستوطن ببناء يعني له بلد مقيم فيها تجب عليه صلاه الجمعه في هذا البلد الذي هو فيه وهو الغادر ومن حضرها ممن لا تجب عليه اجزاءات كان تحضر النساء او اطفال الصغار لا يبلغ الحلم والحلم من اكمل خمس عشره سنه او انبت الشعر الخشن حول الفرج او احتلم يعني احتلام الذي يشعر في حلمه انه يجامع من كان بهذه الحاله فهو واجبه عليه صلاه الجمعه اذا شمله هذا الوصف لانه مقيم حر 
مستوطن لذنا من حضرها وهي لا تجب عليه كالشباب الصغار الذين هم مميزون لكن لا تجب عليهم وجوبا اذا صلوها اجزاتهم عن الظهر او المراه او المملوك العبد اذا حضرها اجزاته عن الجمعه يقول هنا ومن وان ادرك ركعه من الجمعه اتمها اذا ادرك ركعه يصلي معها اذا سلم الامام ياتي بركعه ويكون اداها جمعه اما من ادرك الامام وهو في التشهد او في السجود الركعه الاخيره فانه لا يصليها جمعه وانما يتابع الامام واذا انهى الامام صلاته وسلم قام هو واتى بها ظهرا اربع ركعات يقول فان ادرك ركعه اتمها جمعه والا اتمها ظهرا اذا سلم الامام وهو لم يدرك مع الامام الا السجدتين من الركعه الاخيره او التشهد فقط فانه يتابع الامام فاذا سلم الامام يقوم وياتي باربع ركعات صلاه ظهر ولا بد من تقدم الخطبتين لا بد لصلاه الجمعه ان يخطب لها خطبتان هاتان الخطبتان تشتملان على الحمد على حمد الله جل وعلا والشهادتين والصلاه على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا بد منها في هذه الخطبتين والشهادتان والوصيه يوصي الناس بتقوى الله بالمحافظه على الصلوات الخمس بكف اذاهم عن الاخرين بالتبرؤ من الشرك بان يكون عمله كله خالصا لوجه الله في عباداته يقول والوصيه بما يحرك القلوب يوصي الناس بغض النظر بالكف عن السباب والخصام السيء بالكف عن الغيبه والنميمه ولغو القول الى غير ذلك وتسمى خطبة هذه الكلمات التي يبدأها بالحمد والثناء على الله والشهادة لله والشهادة أن محمد رسول الله والصلاة عليه تسمى خطبة يقول وتسمى خطبة ويخطب على منبر يعني لا ينبغي أن يكون الخطيب يخطب على محل مرتفع إما مكان قد بني لتلقى عليه الخطبة أو مكان مرتفع على الحاضرين بحيث تبلغهم الخطبة وما يلقيه الخطيب يقول ويخطب أو موضعان ويسلم على المأمونين إذا خرج إذا خرج 
قال المهم يريد ان يخطب يسلم على يقول السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته ثم ينتظر حتى ينتهي الامام من الاذان فاذا انتهى الامام من الاذان قام وخطب واقفا الخطبه الاولى ثم اذا قدم يسر الله له الخطبه الاولى جلس جلسه خفيفه ليست بالطويله لكن ينبغي ان يجلس لان النبي فعل ذلك والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال صلوا كما رايتموني اصلي قال واذا اقبل عليهم ثم يجلس الى فراغ الاذان لحديث ابن عمر رواه ابو داود ويجلس بين الخطبتين جلسه خفيفه يعني بحيث يجلس ويستقر في الجلسه كانما اراد ان يطيل الجلسه ثم ينهض بعد ذلك لما في الصحيحين من حديث ابن عمر ويخطب قائما بفعل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ويتجه وهو يخطب للمصلين يعني هو وجهه للمصلين ومصلون وجوههم للقبله فالخطيب في حال خطبته تكون القبله خلف ظهره وانما يتجه للمخاطبين اتقوا الله خافوا الله في السر والعلن مما يسر الله له من الكلام ويقصر الخطبه النبي حث على ان لا يطيل الخطيب الخطبه وبين ان الخطبه القصيره مع الاعتنى في الصلاه واطالتها الاطاله التي لا ترهق المصلين يقول هذا العمل يدل على فقه الخطيب يقول ان قصر الخطبه وطول الصلاه مئنه من فقه الخطيب يعني يدل على انه فقيه في تصرفه يقول وصلاه الجمعه ركعتان يجهر فيها بالقراءه في الركعتين بماذا يقرا مع الفاتحه وردت الاحاديث عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بانه يقرا في الركعة الأولى بسورة الجمعة صبح وفي الثانية بسورة المنافقون إذا جاء إلى آخره المنافقون أو يقرأ بسبح اسم ربك الأعلى وهي الكثيرة وهل أتاك حديث الغاشية في الركعة الثانية صح الحديث في هذا وفي ذات تلك إن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قرأ في الجمعة في صلاة الجمعة في الركعة الأولى بسورة الجمعة يسبح لله وقرأ في الركعة الثانية إذا جاءك المنافقون وصح عنه أيضا أنه صلى قرأ في المصلي وهو يصلي الجمعة يسبح اسم ربك الأعلى في الركعة الأولى وفي الركعة الثانية بها الأتاك حديث الغاشة وهاتان السورتان هنا الأكثر يعني أكثر عملا لأن رأى سورة 
الجمعه يكون فيها طول وسوره المنافقون يكون فيها طول لكنها اذا لم يقرا بسبح فلا اولى به ان يقرا فيها وربما قرا في سوره المنافقون في سوره الجمعه بسوره بسوره قام في القران المجيد لكن نادر وفي الركعة الثانية اقتربت الساعة لكن هذا نادر لكنه بكل ذلك جائز وكل هذا بالوضع الذي لا يرهق المصلين لأن الذي يقول من أما الناس فليخفف فإن فيهم الكبير والمريض وذا الحاجة لابد للإمام أن يراعي المأمومين يقول ويقرأ في فجر يوم الجمعة يقرأ بسورة ألف لاميم السجدة في الركعة الأولى وفي الركعة الثانية يقرأ هل أتاك هل أتى على الإنسان حين من الدهر إلى آخرها سورة الإنسان وكان يختل من قراءة هاتين السورتين لكن ليس على الدوام ربما قرأ في سورة أيضا الجمعة في الفجر والمنافقون في الركعة الثانية في الفجر ربما قرأ بها قال وتكره المداومة يقول الشيخ رحمة الله عليه على ذلك يعني لا يداوم على هاتين السورتين تارة وتارة لكن الأكثر هو المداومة على سبح اسم ربك الأعلى وهل أتاك حديث الغاشية بل ربما صادف يوم العيد انه يوم جمعه فيقرا في صلاه الجمعه العيد سبح اسم ربك والغاشيه في صلاه العيد ثم يصلي بالناس الجمعه ويقرا فيهم ايضا في الركعه الاولى بسبح وهل اتاك قال وان وافق عيد يوم الجمعه سقطت الجمعه عمن حضر العيد يعني لو صادف يوم العيد انه يوم جمعه النبي لما صادف ذلك وصلى العيد قال من شاء منكم يعني من صلى العيد ان لا يحضر الجمعه فلا يحضر ماذا يفعل يصليها ظهرا والأولى أن يحضر الجمعة لكن لا تلزم لزوما ومن لم يحضر صلاة العيد فإن عليه أن يحضر صلاة الجمعة قال إلا الإمام فلا تسقط عنه صلاة الجمعة يقولون والسنة بعد الخطبة بعد الجمعة ركعتان أو أربع يعني النافلة إذا صليت الجمعة الأفضل أن تصلي بعد الجمعة ركعتين أو تصلي أربعة كل ذلك حسن وجميل لا يحدد للجمعة صلاة قبل الظهر وإنما إذا حضر صلى ما شاء من النوافل النبي لما ذكر الصلاة والتبكير للجمعة في الساعة الأولى والثانية والثالثة والرابعة والخامسة قال يصلي ما شاء يعني إن شاء ركعتين إن شاء أربع إن شاء ست إن شاء ثمان إن شاء عشر 
حسب ما يريد لا باس به قال ويسن للجمعه الغسل يغتسل ومشروعيه الغسل يوم الجمعه ان يغسل بعد صلاه بعد اذان الفجر بعد طلوع الفجر اذا غسل بعد طلوع الفجر اجزاه عن نهار الجمعه او قبل ان يذهب للجمعه والافضل ان يغسل تسل الغسل الذي يعقبه الذهاب الى الجمعه هو الافضل لكن لو لم يفعل واغتسل لصلاه الفجر اجزاه ذلك قال ويسن للجمعه الغسل والسواك والطيب ويلبس احسن ثيابه وان يبكر ماشيا يعني هذه الاحوال الغسل سنه مؤكده بل في اول الامر كان واجبا في اول الاسلام كان واجبا غسل الجمعه واجب على كل محترم ثم لما زانت الاحوال الناس سلموا لامر الله جل وعلا خفف عنهم وصار سنه مؤكده ان يغتسل قبل صلاه الجمعه وان يستاك يحرص على السواك والنبي يقول لولا ان اشق على امتي لامرتهم بالسواك مع كل صلاه فينبغي للواحد ان يحافظ على التسوق يعني ان يدرك اسنانه وما يسهر عليه من فمه بالسواك حتى يزيل ما فيه من الروائح لانه سيكون ماجرا لتلاوه القران فينبغي ان يهيئ هذا الفم بما يكون في اطيب احواله قال والسواك والطيب يقول من اغتسل يوم الجمعه وبكر وابتكر وتناول من طيبا او تناول من طيب اهله وذهب للجمعه وحضرها بسكينه وخشوع ودنا من الامام وهو يخطب كتب له عن صلاه الجمعه كفاره لذنوبه الى يوم الجمعه الاتي والزياده ثلاثه ايام قال ويدنو من الامام ويكثر الدعاء في يوم الجمعه الرجاء اصابه ساعه الاجابه ساعه الاجابه هذه محل خلاف بين العلماء قيل انها عندما يدخل الامام للمسجد ويجلس ريثنا يؤذن المؤذن النبي وصف هذه الساعه انها قصيره ساعه الاجابه وقيل انها بعد العصر بحيث يكون الواحد في المسجد على طهاره وسيبقى في المسجد حتى يصلي المغرب واذا امكنه ان يجمع بين الحالتين يتهيا للدعاء عند دخول الامام وجلوسه على المنبر والانتهاء من الاذان او وبعد العصر فكل الناس محتاجون لان يستجيب الله دعاءهم وكونهم يتعرضون لربهم جل وعلا بالاشياء الاوقات التي تكون احرى بان يستجب لهم ينبغي ان يحرصوا على ذلك فالاولى ان الواحد 
يتهيأ لصلاة الجمعة بما يعده من الدعاء عند ظهور الإمام ليجلس على المنبر لكن إذا بدأ الإمام يخطب لا ينصت وعندما يكون في المسجد قبل المغرب جزء من الوقت الذي يمكن أن يشتغل فيه بالدعاء فإن هذا كله ثابت عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إما هذا وذاك والاحتياط والذي ينبغي للواحد وكلنا في حاجة ماسة لأن يستجيب الله دعاءنا أن نتعرض لله جل وعلا في الوقتين جميعا يقول يواجب السعد بالنداء إذا نودي للصلاة من يوم الجمعة فاسعوا إلى ذكر الله متى هذا النداء؟ النداء الذي يكون بين يدي الخطيب إذا سمعت النداء وأنت ما دخلت فسعي احرص على المبادرة إلى الدخول يجب السعي بالنداء الثاني بسكينة وخشوع ويدلو من الإمام ويكثر من الدعاء رجاء إصابة الساعة وأرجاها آخر ساعة من اليوم من يوم الجمعة بعد العصر ويكون على طهارة وينتظر صلاة المغرب لأنه في صلاة النبي يقول والمرء في صلاة يعني ما دام ينتظر الصلاة ولذلك ينبغي للواحد إذا دخل المسجد ويصلي الفريضة وصلى ما يصلي من نافلة ينبغي أن لا يشتغل في الحديث مع جليسه لأنه في صلاة إما أن الشغل معه في أمر هام فلا حرج وأما أن يتحدث معه محادثات لا ضرورة لها ينبغي أن يكون مشتغلا باستسبيح الله والثناء عليه لأنه في صلاة ما دام في هذه الحالة يقول لأنه في صلاة ويكثر من الصلاة على النبي في يوم الجمعة الذي ذكر فضيلة الإكثار من الصلاة على رسول الله في يوم الجمعة وهذا العلم يكون معروض على النبي من المصلين عليه في يوم الجمعة يقول ويكثر من الصلاة عليه في يوم الجمعة وليلتها ويكره أن يتخطى رقاب الناس إذا دخل الواحد المسجد لا ينظر في المحلات أين المكان الذي يمكن يزاحم الآخرين ويذهب الله ينظر يجلس حيث ينتهي به الدخول إلا إذا رأى فرجة قد غفل عنها تركها الناس فلا مانع أن يتخطى لما يصل إليها لأنهم هم الذين فرطوا بإضاعة الحق كان عليهم أن يشعلوا الفرج لا يبقون في الصفوف أماكن خالية لا سكن لا مصلي فيها قال إلا أن يرى فرجة لا يصل يصل إليها إلا بتخطي الرقاب ولا يقيم غيره ليجلس في محله لا يحسن أن الواحد يأمر أحدا بأن يقوم عن مكانه ليجلس هو فيه لا حتى ولو كان ولده جالس لو كان عبده لو كان أصغر منه لا لا يقيم أحد من مجلسه يجلس فيه في الصلاة قال ولو عده ولده ومن دخل والامام يخطب لا يجلس الذي راى رجلا دخل وهو يخطب صلى الله عليه وسلم فجلس 
فقال له يا فلان اصليت ركعتين؟ قال لا قال قم فركع ركعتين واوجزهما فاوجب النبي على الداخل للمسجد والامام يخطب ان لا يجلس حتى يصلي ركعتين ويخففهما ولا يتكلم ولا يعبث اذا دخل المسجد والامام بدا يخطب لا يحرك يدا من يد لا يشغل يواسي ملابسه لا ينشغل بالمسواك يتسوق والامام يخطب لا ينصت لا اذا راى منكرا يقول ينهى عن المنكر لا من قال لصاحبه انصت والامام يخطب فقد لغى ومن لغى فلا جمعه له يقول ركعتين يخففهما ولا يتكلم والامام يخطب لقوله ومن مس الحصى فقد لغى الذي يقول اللي يلمس الحصى الذي امامه فقد لغى والذي يلغو في الجمعه لا جمعه له هي تجزيه لا يقصل اعد الصلاه لكن لا يحصل على الفضيله العظيمه ومن نعس يعني اصابه نومه في المسجد يتحول من محله الذي هو فيه الى المكان الاخر لان النعاس من الشيطان يريد ان يصرف الانسان عن ان يتامل ما يلقى يقول انتقل المجلس لامره صلى الله عليه وسلم بذلك كما صححه الترمذي هذا مجمل ما يتعلق بصلاه الجمعه فلتحرص الواحد على ان يقرا هذا الكلام مره وبعد مره ويتامل هذه التوجيهات العظيمه التي سردت ويحرص على ان يبادر والافضل ان الواحد يبكر لصلاه الجمعه يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من غسل واغتسل ومس من الطيب وحضر اقبل الى المسجد في الساعه الاولى فكانما قرب بدنه كانما ذبح بعيرا صدقه لوجه الله وان جاء في الساعه الثانيه كانما قرب بقره ذبح بقره صدقه لوجه الله ومن جاء في الساعة الثالثة كان كمن قرب كبشا اقرم يعني كبشا غالي الثمن ومن جاء في الساعة الرابعة بدأت تنقص القرابين فكأنما قرب دجاجة ومن جاء في الساعة الخامسة وهي آخر الساعات المحتسبة فكأنما قرب بيضة فإذا فدخل إذا دخل الإمام طوعت في الملائكة الصحف ما كتبت الداخلين وحضروا يستمعون الذكر فينبغي للواحد أن يحرص على التبكير لصلاة الجمعة بقدر المستطاع وأن يحرص على احترام الجلوس في المسجد وأن يحرص على التقدم في الصفوف الأول إن النبي حتى يقول لو تعلمون ما في الصف الأول لا تزاحمتم عليه حتى لو استعملتم القرعه في تحصيل الصف الاول اسال الله ان يجعلنا جميعا حريصين على الخير ان بعيدين عن كل شر والله اعلم the sheikh hafiz allah taala began in the name of allah the most merciful We praise him, we seek his assistance, we seek his help, and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of our deeds. We bear witness that there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah. He is alone and he has no partners for him as the dominion. 
and the praise, and he is able to do all things. And we bear witness that Muhammad is his slave and his messenger, and uh, the one whom he held beloved. He gave the message, he fulfilled the trust, and he fought the sincere fighting in the way of Allah. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and may Allah be pleased with his, with his companions, those who believed in him, those who migrated to him and with him, and those who took the religion from him, took the Islamic da'wah from him, and the knowledge from him. May Allah make us from amongst those who truly love them and uh, supplicate for them. Today's lesson is that which is related to the rulings of the Friday prayer. And the author, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he mentioned that it is obligatory upon every Muslim, uh, every Muslim who has reached the age of puberty, he has sound intellect uh, and the male. And uh, the Shaykh mentioned, Aviv Allah Ta'ala, so if these characteristics are present in an individual, if the individual is uh, Muslim, if he has reached the age of puberty, he has sound intellect, and he's a man, and he's a resident. If these characteristics are present, then the Friday prayer is obligatory upon him, uh, as long as he has the ability to perform it. As for the individual who does not have the ability, he is prevented uh, either by a, or either by a sickness, or the individual has uh, a major fear of leaving his home then indeed Allah has not placed difficulty upon us in the religion. As Allah said in the Qur'an, fear Allah to the best of your ability. And the Prophet Muhammad wasallam said, that which I have ordered you to do, then do it to the best of your ability. So if an individual, because of some major hindrance, does not have the ability to perform the Jum'ah prayer, then this one is excused. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala went on to continue reading from the treaties where the author mentioned the male who has reached the age of puberty. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, this is the age where the good deeds and the bad deeds are written for, for or against the individual. Likewise, the individual who has intellect and the male. So it is not obligatory, the Friday prayer, it's not obligatory upon the female. Likewise, the individual uh, has to be uh, someone who is free. He is not a slave. The Jummah prayer is not obligatory upon the slave. Likewise, a resident. If the individual is in his country, then it is obligatory while he's in his country to pray the Jummah prayer once again if he has the, if he has the uh, ability to do so. Likewise, whoever is present, whoever comes for the Jummah prayer, and it's not obligatory upon them, an individual who it's not obligatory upon him, but they come, then it is uh, recorded for them. Uh, like the Shaykh mentioned, such as the women, or the small children. Um, and the small children, those who are, uh, those who are under the age of 15, and the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala went on to explain uh, what is considered or what are the signs of puberty. He said the signs of puberty are one, the individual reaches the age of 15. Or 
the individual has this coarse care uh, above his or her, uh, above his private, above his private parts. He has this coarse hair. Or the individual has uh, a wet dream. This individual has a wet dream. He actually has feelings uh, while he's sleeping in a dream that he's having intercourse. This means the individual has reached the age of puberty. Naam. So it is obligatory upon these, these uh, aforementioned individual. Then the Shaykh mentioned Aviv Allah Ta'ala. As for uh, individuals who attend the Jummah, but it's not obligatory upon them, then it is accepted from them. For example, you have young children who attend the Jummah, it is accepted from them. Um, likewise, if a woman or a slave attends the Jummah, it is accepted from them. Then the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, mentioned, if the person reaches, if the person catches one rak'ah, the last rak'ah, if the person catches the last unit of the Jum'ah prayer, and uh, the Imam finishes the prayer, the person would stand up and complete one unit as the Jum'ah prayer. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so, so if the individual reaches that last unit, uh, if the individual reaches that last unit, when the Imam finishes the prayer, the individual would stand up and complete one unit because he's praying Jum'ah. But if the individual reaches the prayer in the last tashahud, if the individual, if the Imam is sitting down during tashahud, or in the sujood, meaning the individual has not caught the last unit. So when the Imam, so the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so the individual enters into the prayer and he completes the prayer with the Imam. But when the Imam finishes, the individual should stand up and complete uh, four units of prayer. Because he has to pray at Dhuhr, because he has not caught the Jummah prayer. He has not caught the Jummah prayer. So he would pray four units of prayer as Dhuhr. Then the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, mentioned that it is mandatory uh, before praying the Jummah prayer, before the prayer itself, that it is preceded by two sermons. That it is preceded by two sermons. And the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned, Naam, uh, the, the sermon would comprise the praise of Allah and the shahada, the two shahadas. Likewise, the salams upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is mandatory to be a part of the sermon. And likewise, advice to the, the congregation. So the Imam should advise them to fear Allah and the Imam should advise them to preserve the, the, day, the five daily prayers. Likewise, the Imam advises them to not harm others. Um, likewise, the Imam advises them as it's, uh, or he warns them against shirk and he encourages them to do actions sincerely for uh, the pleasure of Allah. The author mentioned Rahim Allah Ta'ala and he should advise them with something that touches their hearts. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, um, he advises them to lower their gaze. Um, he advises them with good manners and characteristics. Uh, he advises them and he warns them against uh, backbiting and he warns them against tail carrying. And other than this, uh, 
and the, the Juma prayer should begin with the praise of Allah uh, and sending salams upon the Prophet and this is called the khutbah. Even this praise of Allah and sending salams upon the Prophet this is called the khutbah. And the author mentioned that the person or the, the imam should give the sermon from a, 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 a minbar or a, no, from a minbar. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so either uh, a minbar is built for the imam, or if there's an area in the area that they're playing, in the area that they're, the, the Juma sermon is being conducted, uh, a slightly elevated area, he can give it from there as well. The author mentioned Rahim Allah Ta'ala that the Imam should uh, give the salams to the congregation once he enters upon them. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, Naam, so when he comes out, he should say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullah, and he should look at the people, and then he sits down and he f- waits for the adhan to be called. He waits for the adhan to be called, and once it's finished, then he stands up and he begins his. Khutbah. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, uh, that this sitting of one, once he finishes the first khutbah, then he would sit down for a sh- sh- small period of time. And he said, it should, this, sit, this sitting in between the two sermons, it should be, uh, it's, it's, it's upon the person to do, uh, even if it's a short sitting. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said, pray as you see me pray. Pray as you see me pray. So the Prophet ﷺ, he performed this sitting. So even so, all imams they should perform this sitting, and it's a very short sitting. Um, he relaxes on the chair for a few seconds, and then he stands up and he completes the second khutbah. Likewise, the individual, the imam, should conduct the sermon while standing, because this was the way of our beloved Messenger wasallam. And he is facing the congregation and the qibla is behind him. The congregation, they are facing the, the qibla. But the imam, he has his back toward the qibla and he is facing the people. Um, and likewise, the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala reiterated that he should remind them to fear Allah and that they should fear Allah in private and in open and he should uh, deliver a sermon, that which is easy for him. Likewise, the, the imam should try to shorten the khutbah. He should try to shorten the sermon. Um, and he should elongate the prayer. And from the etiquettes of the, the, the Juma sermon and the prayer, is that the, the sermon is short and that the prayer is long. Um, and the Prophet ﷺ indicated in the hadith that this shows of the knowledge of the individual. This shows that the individual has fiqh. When he shortens the khutbah and he elongates the prayer. His action is the action of someone who has fiqh and understanding of the Jum'ah. The Jum'ah prayer is two units. And the Shaykh said, what does a person recite along with Surah Al-Fatiha? It's, it's reported that the Prophet would recite Surah Al-Jum'ah in the first unit and Surah Al-Munafiqun in the second unit. And likewise, it is reported that the, it is also reported that the Prophet ﷺ would recite Surah Sabbih Isma Rabbi Al-A'la, Surah Al-A'la, and likewise Surah Al-Ghashia. So, in the first Surah Al-A'la, and then the second Surah Al-Ghashia, and this is uh, the most uh, that the Prophet ﷺ used to do. 
And it, from time to time, or occasionally, the Prophet ﷺ would recite Surah Al-Jum'ah in the first unit and Surah Al-Munafiqun in the second unit. But that which is, uh, was the norm was that the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ would recite Surah Al-A'la in the first unit and Surah Al-Ghashiyah in the second unit. And all of this is authentically reported on the Prophet ﷺ. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, you would not continuously recite Surah uh, Surah Al-Jum'ah and Surah Al-Munafiqun because they are long. Because they are long and this is possibly a, a burden for the people. Likewise, it is authentically reported that the Prophet ﷺ sometimes will recite Surah Qaf. Surah Qaf wal Qur'an al-Majid. But this is very rare. This is very rare. But if it was done, it is accepted. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, as the Imam should not cause a burden upon the people. As the Prophet ﷺ said, if you lead the people in prayer, then you should make it easy for them. For verily behind you is someone who is old, or someone who is sick, or someone who has a need. So the imam should always consider the, 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 the people. Then the author ta'ala spoke about what was recited in the Salat al-Fajr of the Jummah. And um, what's authentically reported in the first unit, Surah Sajda. And the, in the second unit, Hal al-insan, Surah al-insan. This is what was done by the Prophet ﷺ, but it doesn't mean that a person has to constantly, constantly do it. Likewise, it is reported that the Prophet ﷺ sometimes would recite Surah al-Jum'ah in the first unit of the Fajr prayer, and Surah al-Munafiqun in the second unit of the Fajr prayer. This is also authentically reported, but once again, it is done from time to time uh, and not uh, uh, regularly. Likewise, it is authentically reported that the Prophet ﷺ sometimes would recite Surah Al-A'la in the first unit of the Fajr prayer and Surah Al-Ghashiyah in the second unit of the Fajr prayer. Then the author Taala, spoke about if, uh, if the, the Eid prayer coincides with the Jum'ah prayer, what is done? And the Shaykh mentioned in terms of the, the, the Fajr, similarly, it is reported that the Prophet ﷺ even if the, the Eid prayer was similar to the Jum'ah prayer, sometimes he recite Surah Al-A'la in the first unit and Surah Al-Ghashiyah in the second unit. And then he would do the same for the Jum'ah prayer. Recite the same surahs. Then the Shaykh mentioned Hafiz Allah Ta'ala. It took place during the time of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that you had both on the same day. You had the Eid and the Jum'ah on the same day. And when the Prophet when this took place, the Prophet said, whoever from amongst you, meaning those who attended the Eid prayer with the Prophet he said to them, whoever from amongst you has attended, then if you want to, you can attend the Jum'ah or you can abstain from it. So this shows if the individual has attended the Eid prayer, then it is not mandatory that they perform the Jum'ah but they can stay at home and perform dhuhr instead. They can stay at home and perform, uh, perform Jum'ah instead. But if the individual has missed the Eid prayer, and it's a Friday, then it's mandatory that they pray the Jum'ah prayer. It is mandatory that they attend and pray the Jum'ah prayer. Then the Shaykh mentioned Hafiz Allah Ta'ala, um, the Sunnah prayers, uh, the superiority prayers for Jum'ah. Uh, the Shaykh mentioned, there's no specific number before Salat al-Jum'ah. If a person wants to pray two or four or six, this is good and it's beautiful. But there's nothing authentically reported 
that for a specific number before the Jum'ah prayer. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned that a person can pray. So this can be four, or this can be six, or this can be eight, or it can be ten. Whatever is easy for the individual, it is accepted. Likewise, from the etiquettes of the Jum'ah, is that a person takes, uh, uh, performs the, the ritual washing, they perform the ghusl, uh, it is legislated for them to do so, and it is legislated to do so after the adhan of Fajr on Friday. After adhan of Fajr. But it is recommended that they do it right before leaving for Jum'ah. That is uh, more preferred. But if they do it right after adhan on uh, on. On, on Friday, right after Adhan on Friday, it is accepted from them. Likewise, from the etiquette is that the person would use the miswak, and they would wear a fragrance, and they would dress in the best of their clothing. So the miswak, and wearing a qib, which is a fragrance, and wearing the best of their clothing, this is from the etiquette of the Jum'ah. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habibullah Ta'ala, the Jum'ah, uh, the ghusl, the, 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 the washing, the uh, or the bathing on Friday, used to be obligatory in the beginning of Islam. It was something that was obligatory upon uh, the Muslims, the males, in the beginning of Islam. And then when Allah Azawajal changed the affairs of the Muslims, and many others entered, entered into the fold, then Allah made it, uh, remove this burden, and it became an established sunnah. It became an established sunnah. The siwak, the miswak, it is recommended that the individual uh, cleans his teeth, and he should try to make this a habit. He cleans his teeth because verily he is removing the, the harmful smell or the displeasing smell. And the individual should remember that he will be reading, reciting the Quran. So he should prepare his mouth uh, for uh, this event, yani for recitation of the Quran. Likewise, from the etiquette is that the individual would approach the Jum'ah, they would come early. This is from the etiquette. Um, and it's, it's mentioned in a hadith, whoever comes early and performs the ghusl uh, and they attend the Jum'ah, this would be an expiation until the next Jum'ah. And uh, an, an increase or an extra three days. So there's a hadith which mentions the merits of the Jum'ah and the importance of making a ghusl and wearing the fragrance and coming early. These three things are mentioned individual who makes a ghusl, who wears a fragrance and comes early and attends the Jum'ah, this is an expiation until the next Jum'ah and an added three days. Likewise, the author Rahimahullah mentioned about the time that the supplication is accepted. And the Shaykh said, the scholars disagree as it relates to the time that the supplication is accepted. From them are those who say, and are those who are of the opinion that this is when the Imam comes out to the congregation and sits down until he begins the khutbah. This is one of the opinions, and this time is very short. The second opinion, which is held by the scholars, is that this is after Salat al-Asr, until the, the, the Maghrib prayer. This is another uh, opinion, and this uh, they encourage, or because of this an individual is encouraged to stay in a state of purification, and sit in the masjid and supplicate until the, the Maghrib prayer. prayer. Then the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, but as long as the individual has the ability to do both, as long as the individual has the ability to do both, you have an individual who, um, when the Imam comes out and sits on the Jum'ah day until the Adhan is finished, you should supplicate at that time. 
And likewise, uh, between Asr and Maghrib, we should also supplicate. Because the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, all of us are in need of Allah answering our supplication. So it's, uh, it's befitting for an individual to be vigorous in seeking the times of supplication. So he should prepare his dua, or he should prepare himself to make dua when the imam comes out and sits until the, until the adhan is finished, and likewise after Salat al-Asr until Maghrib. So the individual should busy himself with supplication. Because all of this is authentically reported on the Prophet ﷺ, and this is the person taking the safest approach. The safest approach is that the individual would supplicate at both times, because all of us are in dire need of Allah answering our our supplication. Naam. And the Shaykh mentioned, Naam. Then he said, Habib Allah, then the author, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, mentioned about the most, the way, the most uh, correct opinion is that this is the last time after Salat al Asr. Um, and the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so the person should remain, uh, they should stay in a state of purification, and if they have the ability to remain in the masjid, because as long as a person is uh, in, the masjid waiting for the salat, they are in a state of prayer. They are in a state of prayer. So the person should try his best to enter into the masjid and pray the obligatory prayer, yani salat al-asr, and then the individual busies himself with supplication until uh, until maghrib. So the individual should not, the shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so this informs that an individual, you should not, and he mentioned the hadith, the hadith, is that a person is in prayer as long as he's waiting for the prayer. So the Shaykh said, so this is an encouragement for the person when he enters into the masjid, he should not busy himself with uh, uh, vain talk between him and his friends, but rather the individual should busy himself with uh, supplication and, and the likes. And there's no problem if he's doing something important, but the, the vain talk or the talk that has no benefit, a person should avoid it, because while he's waiting for the prayer, he is actually in prayer. Likewise, from the etiquette of Jum'ah, is that the person should increase in his ascending the, the prayers upon the Prophet ﷺ, because this was in, encouraged by our Messenger. We were encouraged to send salams upon the Prophet ﷺ on the Friday, and this would reach him ﷺ. Likewise, from the etiquette of Jum'ah, is that the individual should not break the, 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 the shoulders of the people. He should not walk in between the shoulders and... Uh, you know, when two people are sitting beside, he walks in between. He should not do this. Um, so what is upon the individual when he enters into the masjid? He looks for a, an empty space close to him. He does not try to go to the front except if he notices that there's space there. Because then the, the blame is not on him. The blame is on those people who left the space because they should fill the gaps. So if a person enters into the masjid on Friday, he should pray at the closest, the closest of one. He should sit in the closest area to him. And he should not uh, go in between the people and, and uh, divide their shoulders. Except if he sees a clear gap in, in, in the rows, then it's permissible for him to, to, to proceed to that area. Likewise, it is not permissible for a person to order someone else to stand up. So for example, it's not permissible for a father to order his son to stand up so he can pray and sit in his area. And likewise, if someone owns a slave, he should not make his slave stand up so that he can pray in that area. No, the person should sit where there is a free space. Likewise, if the individual enters into the masjid while the imam is giving the khutbah, the individual should not sit until he prays two units of prayer. 
This took place during the time of the Messenger وسلم, that someone entered into the masjid and he immediately sat. And the Prophet وسلم, said, Oh so and so, have you prayed yet? When the individual responded in the negative, the Prophet وسلم, stand, said, Stand and pray. So this shows that the individual should not sit without praying two units of, of prayer. Likewise, the individual, while the Imam is giving the sermon, the Friday khutbah, the individual should not speak. No one should speak. Uh, uh, likewise, they shouldn't play with their hands. Likewise, they shouldn't play with their clothing. Likewise, they shouldn't clean their teeth while the Imam is giving the khutbah. They should avoid all of these actions because the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever uh, says to his companion, be quiet, then this individual has violated the, 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 the Juma, the, the Juma khutbah or the prayer. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, this does not mean, or Afwan, and there's another hadith where the Prophet mentioned about playing with the pebbles. An individual should not play with the pebbles because this is a violation. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, this does not mean that his prayer is invalid. No, his prayer is valid, but he has not gained the full reward for the prayer. Likewise, from the etiquette is, is, is that if an individual is, um, feels the need to sleep, then the individual should stand up and change his location. He should stand up and change his location because this tiredness is actually from the shaitan and he's trying to divert the person from benefiting from the, the, the lecture. The shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, this is a summary of that which has been mentioned as it relates to the Friday Jum'ah. And it's encouraged that an individual would re read this, uh, this speech once or twice. And they should read that which was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ. And the person should be diligent in uh, attending the Friday prayer early. Uh, likewise, the individual should be diligent and, and try their best to make the, the, the you know, uh, to bathe themselves on Jummah. Likewise, they should uh, wear a, a fragrance. Because the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, and they should come early. Because the Prophet ﷺ mentioned the person who comes during the first hour, it is as if they have slaughtered a camel. And he who comes in the second hour, it is as if he has slaughtered a, a cow. And he who comes in the third hour, it is as if he has slaughtered a, an expensive uh, sheep. And who, he who comes in the fourth hour, it is, and notice, the Sheikh said, notice how his reward is uh, decreasing. He who comes in the fourth hour, it is as if he has slaughtered a, a chicken. And the fifth hour, as if he has slaughtered a, uh, or sacrificed, Afwan, sacrificed a, an egg. And then once the Imam comes out, the, the pages are folded. Um, so the people that come after that, it's not written for them. Yani the reward of the Jummah is not written for them. Um, so the person should try his best to come early. Uh, and when they enter the masjid, they should have respect. They should have respect and reverence for, for the masjid. And they should try to get as close to the imam uh, as possible. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, who, uh, if they knew what was in the first row, if they knew the reward of uh, being present in the first row, uh, they would pull straws. They would pull straws. So we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to uh, make us from amongst those who are diligent in uh, gaining good and abstaining from that which is evil. يقول السالح حفيظكم الله تعالى بعد صلاة الجمعة في بعض المساجد يبقى بعض الناس 
في المسجد ويجتمعون ويتحدثون فيما بينهم في أس بأصوات عالية فما توجيهكم في ذلك حفيفكم الله تعالى لا شك أن الواحد في هذه الأحوال ينبغي أن يحرص أن يكون شغله نفسه في المسجد في ذكر الله جل وعلا بتلاوة القرآن إذا كان لم يصلي النافلة بعد الفريضة النبي أمر بالصلاة أربع ركعات أو ركعتين لكن لو زاد لا حرج فينبغي أن تكون المساجد مصونة على الأمور التي لا تدعو إليها ضرورة Assalamualaikum. The individual is asking after the Jum'ah prayer in some uh, masajid you have individuals who remain and they gather and they speak amongst themselves with loud uh, voices. So what is your advice in that regard? The Shaykh mentioned it's incumbent upon an individual um, as it relates to him attending the masjid to busy himself with the remembrance of Allah and recitation of the Qur'an. And if the individual has not prayed his prerogatory prayer after the obligatory prayer, then the individual should do so, whether it's two units of prayer or four units of prayer, as it was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ. And if the individual does more, then it is accepted. But the masajid should remain free of matters which are not uh, suitable for them. يقول السائل حفيظكم الله تعالى ما حكم شخص الذي يصلي فقط صلاة الفجر يعني شخص لا يصلي إلا صلاة الفجر فما حكم عمله الذي لا يصلي إلا صلاة الفجر وبقية الصلاة لا يصليها هذا لا, لا تنفع هذه الصلاة النبي ذكر أنه أمر أن يقاتل الناس حتى يشهدوا أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله ويقيموا الصلاة وإقامة الصلاة أدى هذه الفرائض الخمس الفجر الظهر العصر المغرب العشاء هذه فرائض كلها من ترك صلاة واحدة عمدا حبط عمله كما في الصحيح الذي قال من ترك صلاة حبط عمله وفي البخاري وغيره من ترك صلاة العصر يعني تعمد أن لا يصلي العصر حتى خرج وقتها حبط عمله لو كان يعبد الله ستين سنة ثم عزم على ترك هذه الصلاة حتى حرج وقتها حبط عمله إن تاب فالله ثواب الرحيم السلام عليكم. The individual is asking what is the ruling of the individual who only prays Salat al-Fajr. 
The Shaykh mentioned, the person who only prays Salat al-Fajr, then this prayer does not benefit him. Because the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned, I have been ordered to fight the people until they bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and Muhammad is his messenger, and to establish the prayer. So establishment of the prayer is to establish the five prayers. Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. All of these have to be established. So if an individual purposely abandons one prayer, then all of his deeds become uh, invalid. All of his deeds become invalid. This is reported in Sahih Bukhari, where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned whoever uh, abandons Salat al-Asr, then his deeds are invalid. Um, so if an individual worships Allah for 60 years, and then the individual uh, makes, you know, the in, makes the intention to uh, abandon the prayer, then his, all his deeds become invalid. And if the individual repents, then Allah would accept his repentance. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى بعض النساء يحضرن الدروس ولكن يلاحظ أن بعضهن يتكلمن أثناء الدرس وذلك يشوش على التي حضرت لكي تستفيد فهل من نصيحة؟ نعم نصيحة للنساء والرجال أن يحرص كل في وضعهم الذي يكون فيه ألا يحصل منه ما يؤذي الجلساء ينبغي أن ينصت للاستماع وإذا احتاج إلى سؤال يحرر السؤال ونصيحتي لمن يسألون أن يحجسوا أيضا على اختصار الأسئلة وعلى اختيار الأسئلة المهمة ولا سيما أيضا ما يتعلق بنفس الدرس الذي سمعوه the individual is asking it is there's some females who attend the lessons but it is uh, noticed that some of them they speak during the lesson and this harms uh, or this disturbs the others the other females who are attending for the benefit so what is your advice the sheikh said my advice for the men and the women is that an individual, when they are present, they should not harm others. They should not harm others who are sitting, uh, but rather they should listen. They should listen, and if they have a question, then they can write the question. And likewise, in writing questions, my advice for them and for others who write questions is that the questions should be summarized and they should be important. And likewise, the question should be related to the lesson which is taking place, and the individual should try their best to benefit from the, the lesson. بناء المساجد بمال حرام مثل الذي أسلم وكان ماله الذي اكتسبه قبل الإسلام عن طريق محرم فهل يجوز بعد أن دخل في الإسلام أن ينفق هذا المال في بناء المساجد من كان غير مسلم وله مال ثم أسلم 
فلا يضره أن ينفق من هذا المال الذي كسبه في كفره على أعمال الخير والبر لكن لو كان هذا المال إنما كسب في من طريق حرام على المسلم وهو مسلم فإن الله لا يقبل من العمل إلا ما كان طيبا وأما ما يسلم الإنسان عليه من المال الذي كسبه في حالة الكفر فالكفر أعظم من كسب المال Assalamu alaikum. The individual is asking, is it permissible to build masajid with money which is impermissible? The example of an individual who entered into Islam, but before entering into Islam, he had earned a great portion of wealth in an impermissible manner. So is it permissible once he enters into Islam to use this wealth for the purpose of building masajid? The Shaykh mentioned Habib al-Ata'ala, if the individual was not a Muslim, and he had wealth, which was haram, and then he entered into Islam. Uh, there's no harm in him using this, this wealth for um, good deeds. There's no harm in him using this wealth for something which is good. Um, but that which is not permissible is if a person was already Muslim, and then he earns impermissible wealth. It is not permissible for him to use this wealth because Allah does not accept wealth or deeds except that which is good, except that which is pure. As for the first individual, the individual who was a disbeliever, indeed his disbelief was greater than this, this impermissible wealth, so it's permissible for him to use this for good actions. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى ما الذي على من يعمل يوم الجمعة ونوعية عمله أو محل عمله يجعل حضور صلاة الجمعة في المسجد صعبا يعني يصعب عليه حضور صلاة الجمعة من أجل نوعية عمله فهل ما يستطيع أبدا أن يحضر للجمعة لأي جمعة هذا أمر خطير ينبغي أن يرتب وضعه بحيث يتمكن من أداء صلاة الجمعة على الأقل ولو في كل شعر لكن إذا كان لا يستطيع أن يصرف نفسه إلا بأمر يكون ضارا له فالله جل وعلا ما جعل علينا في الدين من الحرج أما أن يرى الشيء أنفع له فينبغي أن يجعل الصلاة مقدمة على كل شيء السلام عليكم The individual is asking um, What is the ruling of an individual who works on Friday and the, the manner of his work or the place that he works in it's difficult for him to attend the Jum'ah prayer then what is the, the ruling the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala? If this means that the individual can never attend a Jum'ah prayer, then this is very dangerous. And this individual should try to organize his affair so that he can, from time to time, attend the Jum'ah prayer, even if it's once a month. But if 
if this harms, if actually um, he's, he misses the Jummah prayer because of some harm that would come to him, then Allah has not made difficulty for us in the religion. But in general, the person should try to uh, make, give precedence to the Jummah prayer. Um, because indeed, this prayer and the, the, the prayer in general, it, it should have precedence in, uh, in or precedence over all other, other affairs. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى سمعت بأن قراءة بأن قراءة سورة قاف في في الخطبة من السن من السنن المحجورة في وقتنا الحاضر فهل هذا الصحيح؟ واجد المحجورات في وقتنا هذا كثير من السنن قل من يقرأها اللي كان يقرأ سورة والمرسلات في صلاة المغرب في حديث أم الفضل بن عباس لكن المهم الفرائض أن يحرص الإنسان على أدائها وإذا أمكن أن ينصح أحدا للتمسك به فهو الأولى يعني الناس الان لو قرأ الواحد سوره قاف النبي كان ربما اكتفي بها في خطبه الجمعه يتكلم فيها اولئك عرب يفهمون الايات كلها يعرفون ايش معنى قاف القران المجيد الى اخره كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ربما وهي تجتمع على بدء خلق الانسان وبدء ما انعم الله به عليه وبدء ما يحصل من من المطر والنبات والثمار الى غير ذلك فهي خطبه عند من يفهم معناها كابلغ الخطب during the khutbah is considered from the abandoned sunan in our present time. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah there are many uh, sunan which are the sunnahs of the Prophet which are abandoned during our present time. And uh, it's very seldom do people, um, especially as it relates to recitation, do they recite them. For example, it was men mentioned in the hadith of Umm Fadl ibn Abbas, uh, that the Prophet Radiallahu Ta'ala Anhum, that the Prophet recited Surah Mursalat, Surah Mursalat and Salat al-Maghrib. Um, so, so there are many uh, abandoned Sunan these days, but if a person has the ability to advise others um, as it relates to implementing the Sunnah and to adhering to the Sunnah, then this is good. Uh, the Shaykh mentioned that, yes, the Prophet used to recite Surah Al-Qaf in the Salat, but he would speak it. He wouldn't recite it as Qur'an, but he would speak it. And the Arab would understand. They, they were Arab and they understood what was being said. And because verily Surah Al-Qaf uh, comprises the beginning of creation, it comprises the ni'mas of Allah, the blessings of Allah upon the servants, it comprises the, the sending of the rain and the, the, the crops. 
So the fact that the Prophet ﷺ spoke with this, this surah during the khutbah, it made it a, a, a very uh, strong uh, reminder or, or sermon for them. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى هناك سائل من الغرب يسأل عن حكم أخذ التعمين الواجب من قبل الدولة على افتتاء افتتاء شركة وهو كالتعمين الواجب على السيارات فهل يجوز اتخاذ هذا النوع من التعمين حتى يعمل المسلم لنفسه بعيد عن الاختلاط الذي يكثر فيه الذي يكثر في أماكن العمل التعمين من حيث هو غير مشروع لكن الإنسان إذا كان الإنسان غير مخير سيكون مستجيبا مكره لا مختارا فالإثم على من يكره فيه وإلا فإن وإلا فإن الإنسان عندما يأتي في التأمين ويبذل بيحيي يصان عن أمور أخرى هذا البذل هذا الباذل لا أثر له فيما يقع على الإنسان لكن الإنسان يريد أن يحتاط ولا يفكر في العواقب مخالفة الأمر الشرعي من أضر الأمور على العباد Individuals asking, the individuals uh, saying that there's an individual who's uh, a questioner from the West. He's asking about the ruling and taking insurance, mandatory insurance, uh, from the government and opening a, a company. And this is similar to the insurance which is mandatory in buying a car. Is it permissible for the individual to take this in order for the Muslim to uh, work for himself and be away from? Uh, free mixing. The Sheikh mentioned Abiy Allah Ta'ala, the insurance, um, the, the general ruling from, for the insurance is that it is not legislated, it's not uh, permissible. But if the individual is, um, if the individual is forced to do so, then the, the blame is not on, on the individual. And then I apologize, I sneezed so I didn't hear what he said there. Uh, but toward the end, the Sheikh mentioned Abiy Allah Ta'ala, but a person should consider uh, if they have the ability to avoid this because indeed uh, a person opposing the legislation is one of the most harmful things uh, in, upon the individual. And we'll listen to the recording and fill in the rest of that answer next week. <laughs> اللباس الأحمر اللي حمرته عامة جميع الملبس هذا مكروه كرد شديدة وأما إذا كان جبة حمراء فالأصل أنها 
ليست بذات الحمرة الزائدة في جميع البدن على جميع البدن النبي أخبر أن خير اللباس البياض وربما لبس شيء ليس بأبيض The individual is asking, is it permissible for men to wear red, the color red in their clothing, and um, is this all types of red? The Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. If it is completely red, then this is, there's a strong dislike for this. Um, but if it is not completely red, um, if there are some other colors uh, along with it, then it is allowed. Indeed, the Prophet ﷺ informed that the best of clothes, the, the, the best of colors is white. Um, and the Prophet ﷺ wore white and he wore other than white. يقول السؤال حبيب مولاه تعالى هل يجوز للمسلم أن يعمل في تقييم عقارات في يعني سؤال من بلاد قربية يقيم عقارات للبنوك ولمن يريد أن يشتري بيوت عن طريق قروض الربوية أو غير الربوية سأما أما أن يهيئ أمورا هي في أصلها حرام يعني يهيئ عقارات لا تشترى إلا بقروض ربا فهذا لا يحله أن يعمل هذا وأما إذا قيم هذه البيوت أو المتاجر كم تساوي وكان أشأل المشتري يدفع الثمن كاملا أو الثمن متفق عليه بحيث لا يشتمل على صنوف ربوية. أحصل عليك. The individual is asking. Uh, there's an individual who works in the the West and he he values. He's an individual who has to go around and value the property. But people at times they they buy this property with interest. Or loans and the likes is permissible for him to work in that. The Sheikh mentioned if he is preparing um, uh, these properties, he's uh, valuing these properties, and it's it's known that these properties are, are being purchased uh, by by the means of interest, then it's not permissible for him to do so. But if he is simply uh, valuing the property, the the house or the business location. And the individuals who are purchasing them are purchasing them uh, with cash, um, or they are purchasing them on installments. But the installments do not uh, contain riba. Then it is permissible for him to continue in such uh, th this type of work. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى كيف يتوب الشخص إذا كان يترك بعض الصلوات متعمدا إذا تاب صادقا وحافظ على الصلاة بعد, بعد هذه التوبة ولم يترك أي صلاة واجبة إلا يقوم استمر على أدائها في وقتها في صلتها فالتوبة مقبولة إن الشخص الذي ترك صلاة العصر حتى خرج وقتها لا يقال صلها إن من ترك صلاة العصر عارفا بوقتها عارفا بأن الوقت السفر إذا انتهى انتهى وقتها ويستمر على 
العزيمه على تركها هذا يحبط عمله كله ان تاب تاب الله عليه وان لم يتوب فالنار موعده Um, a person, how does an individual repent if he used to leave off uh, obligatory prayers? Um, how does this individual repent from that? The Shaykh mentioned Abiyah Allah Ta'ala. If the individual repents and he's sincere in his repentance, and likewise if he preserves the, the prayer thereafter, and he does no longer abandons any of the prayer, and he does it correctly at its prescribed time, then his repentance is accepted. Um, because it should be known if the individual um, abandons the Salat al-Asr method and even until he knows, he's aware, he's conscious that the Salat has entered and now the Salat has left, um, uh, indeed his, all his deeds become invalid. All his deeds become invalid. But the individual who repents to Allah and they're sincere, then Allah accepts their repentance. And if the individual does not repent, then indeed the hellfire would be his abode. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى عند المالكية لا يرون أن الشخص عليه أن يصلي ركعتين إذا دخل المسجد يوم الجمعة والإمام يقطب فما دليلهم على ذلك؟ يمكن يقال ما بلغ مالك أو ما بلغ المالكية الحديث. أما الحديث فهو صحيح والنبي قال وهو يخطب والمشرع هو النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فلا المالكي ولا الشافعي ولا الحنبلي ولا الحنفي إليهم التشريع التشريع إنما هو لله ولرسوله Um, the Malikiya, the scholars of the Maliki fiqh, they do not see, or they are not of the opinion that an individual when he pray, when he enters into the masjid on Friday while the imam is giving the khutbah, that the individual should pray two units. They oppose that opinion. So what is their proof? The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, it's possible that the, the, the hadith, the proof for this did not reach them. But the proof is authentic. And it took place on the time of the Messenger وسلم, and indeed, The one who makes the legislation is Allah. So it is not for the Maliki, nor the Shafi'i, nor the uh, nor the Hanafi, or anyone else. Verily, the legislation is from Allah and from His Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. دخل المسجد وإلى الإمام يحفظ قلت للي معي نصلي ركعتين قال لا هذا ما هو معتبر في مذهب مالك صليت لما صلينا خرجت قلت يا أخي مالك ما هو المشرع المشرع محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو الذي أمر بذلك فكان عليكم فتعجبت يقول يقول هذا في ذاك الوقت في العدل لما شفت الخلاف البين اسال الله ان يوفق الجميع لما يحب ويرضى 
وبالنسبة إلى درس الليلة أسأل الله بأسماءه وصفاته أن يحب وأنصح الجميع بالنسبة للعناية بهذه القراءة اللي قرأناها اليوم لأنها تتعلق بصلاة الجمعة وصممها التي قبلها والتي بعدها فكل واحد يحتاط أن يكرر قراءتها حتى ترسخ في ذهنه من باب تثبيت العلم فأسأل الله أن يوفقنا جميعا لما يكون سببا في ثبات علمنا والانتفاع به كما أسأله بأسماءه وصفاته أن يفرج كروبات المكروبين من المسلمين في كل مكان في الشام والعراق وفي اليمن وفي شرق آسيا وفي كل مكان نسأل الله أن يكشف عن كل مكروب الكرب وأن يوفق المسلمين جميعا للتوبة النصوح والصدق مع الله جل وعلا والحرص على اجتناب ما حرمه علينا ربنا جل وعلا كما نسأله جل وعلا أن يرينا في المجرمين الطغاة الفاسدين المفسدين النصيرية وأعوانهم من الرافضة وأعوانهم من أفراح الشيوعيين في روسيا أن يرينا فيهم بمنه جل وعلا وكرمه عجائب قدرته وأن يرينا في دولهم التفسخ والتفرق وضياع الخير منها وتسلط أعدائهم عليها وأن يجعل المسلمين في منأ من كل شر كما نسأله جل وعلا أن يعاجل الفرج فيما يتعلق باليمن بأن يزول هذا الشر الذي انتشر بينهم في بلادهم ومن أسبابها إمداد الصفويين في إيران ومن يشايعهم في العراق ونحوه نسأله أن يرينا بمنه وكرمه عجائب قدرته من العذاب العاجل لهم وانتصار الحق على الباطل كما أسره جل وعلا أن يحقق للمملكة العربية السعودية الأمن والأمان المستمر وأن يوفقها لحسن استقبال من يفيدون أيديها من أهل الحق والهدى كما أسره جل وعلا أن يرينا قمع الباطل وإحياء السنن في كل بلاد الإسلام إنه مجيب الدعاء وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا Sheikh Habib Allah Ta'ala concluded the lesson by mentioning with regards to the, the Maliki Madhab which was mentioned he said I myself I was uh, visiting Tunis uh, over 40 years ago and I entered into a masjid with a companion another individual while the imam on Friday while the imam was giving the khutbah so I said to the individual who was with me uh, let's pray two units of prayer and the individual said, no, this is not common. And the Maliki Madhab. And um, uh, the Sheikh said, I said to him, but indeed the Prophet ﷺ is the one to give the legislation and he ordered that we do so. So the Sheikh said he prayed the, the two units and the individuals were very surprised uh, that he did so because this was against their, their Madhab. Then the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. So we ask Allah Azzawajal to make our actions sincerely uh, and pleasing to Allah. And we, then he said, and I advise um, all of uh, those who are present to, 
to, to give focus to that which was read in tonight's lesson because it's related to Salat al-Jum'ah and the etiquettes before and the etiquettes after. So the individual should read it and they should, uh, uh, they should repeat um, reading it. They should read it more than once. Um, and because this is one of the reasons why knowledge would become, would become firm. So we ask Allah to give us success to have firm established knowledge and to benefit from that knowledge. Likewise, we ask Allah to give ease to the Muslims who are being oppressed in different parts of the world, in Syria, Iraq, Yemen, and different parts of Asia. We ask Allah to lift their affliction and calamity. And we ask Allah to give them and us success and performing sincere repentance. Um, uh, and we ask Allah to uh, show us His might upon these individuals who have caused evil in uh, different parts of the world, such as the Nusayriya and those who are supporting them from amongst the communists of Russia. We ask Allah to show His might uh, and ability uh, in, in destroying these individuals and to uh, cause discord amongst them and loss of their good, um, lo loss of their worldly possessions. Uh, then we ask Allah to uh, give ease to that, that which is spread in Yemen of evil which is, uh, they've been supported by the Safawiyun from Iran. Um, so we ask Allah to show us his might in punishing these individuals with a severe uh, punishment. And we ask Allah to give success to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia uh, to allow uh, safety and continuous safety and security and allow them to be successful in uh, accepting, uh, accepting those who uh, come to the country from abroad, and we ask Allah Azawajal to allow the, 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 the truth to overcome uh, the falsehood. Verily, Allah is the one to answer the call. And our last supplication is all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad, his family members, and companions.